Listening to the Pre-Med Perspectives Podcast. Hello everyone, my name is Lassia and today on the Pre-Med Perspectives, I'm really excited to film a very special episode with a very special guest. Today I'm with Dr. Julia Julia Carolis and she's a facial plastic and reconstructive surgeon from Chicago, Illinois. Not only is she a plastic surgeon, but she is also a new mother and wife to a neurosurgeon. So Dr. Julia has clearly a great work-life balance to be able to balance not only having such an amazing career that I'm excited to talk about, but having such an amazing family. So hello, Dr. Carolis. How are you doing today? Hi, Lassie. I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. So I'm really excited to have Dr. Carolis here today because her path uh, to plastic surgery eventually was not the same as a lot of people. Tell us about how you got here and kind of the work-life balance obstacles along the way. So I uh, actually went to medical school at the University of Missouri in Kansas City, um, and I completed their six-year med program. So it's a direct admission from high school, uh, no MCAT required as long as you maintain a certain GPA, and um, graduated from there in six years. And then I completed a residency at the University of Illinois in Chicago, uh, in otolaryngology, head and neck surgery. And from there, obviously in ENT, you operate in the everywhere in the head and neck, uh, but there's a subspecialty called facial plastic surgery, which was by far the subspecialty I was most interested in after my first few years of residency. So I completed a facial plastic surgery fellowship in um, Beverly Hills and uh, finished in 2018. So I've been in practice for a few years now back in Chicago uh, because my husband, who was a year below me in school, we went to the same medical school. He was finishing his neurosurgery residency uh, at Rush in Chicago as well. Um, But he's actually now in New York City doing a fellowship. Uh, So we're kind of apart during the pandemic, um, doing a little bit of back and forth, but it's working out okay so far. Awesome. So there's a couple of things that really stick out to me on your journey. First and foremost, uh, you mentioned that you did your ENT residency um, before, you know, becoming a plastic surgeon and doing your uh, specialization further. And I think that's something super interesting because most of the plastic surgeons that I know um, did their general surgery and then, you know, further specialized or um, went directly into plastics um, through a direct residency program. So that's really interesting. And I've never met a plastic surgeon like that. So that's super cool that, you know, there's so many different routes uh, to get to where you want to eventually be. And the second thing that sticks out to me is 
you did all of med school and prepared to get into one of the most competitive a lot like it's a very competitive residency ENT in six years so tell me a little bit about how that was you know you knocked off two years you know you were applying to residency by what 22 tell me about that So I think the combined programs or the accelerated programs really take uh, a lot of effort and not only mental stamina, but also just being, being prepared for something like that. Because in my residency interviews, they, a lot of people brought up my age as a negative factor, you know, how are you going to compete with people who are three or four years older than you, more mature than you. Um, And my response was always, well, I finished, you know, I completed medical school. I took the same standardized tests. I, except for the MCAT, um, I, but boards and I did away rotation and no one could tell my, my age or brought up that my age was a concern. And if anything, I think it served me well because especially now as a 30 plus year old, I feel like I had much more energy to do medical school and residency at a younger age. That being said, obviously there are uh, so many people who take time off either between residency and uh, medical school and do so much good and get a ton of experience and still are rock stars at residency. But um, it really, worked out for me and I knew from a young age what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, My father's a general surgeon and he actually had a solo practice and had his office in our house growing up. Um, So I was very uh, integrated with medicine, Um, but he, I saw how hard he worked and he kind of encouraged me not to go the general surgery route. And I didn't know I wanted to do plastics at the time. The thing that got me interested in otolaryngology was during my first year, so I would have been a freshman in college, we rotated with um, people or or people who are in the hospital that are non-physicians. And I was uh, paired with a scrub tech and the scrub tech worked with an ENT and he just seemed to have so much fun at work. And I said, that's what I wanna do. You know, I wanna have fun like him. And most ENTs are really, really nice. And that's not a coincidence. The reason they're nice is because they enjoy their job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not stressful. It's not, um, you know, living with a neurosurgeon who is the sweetest person ever. Uh, a lot of times the people in his field are really, really stressed because the stakes are super high and yeah. the call is really tough. and. Um, I knew I didn't want that to be my life. So um, that's kind of what led me to ENT. And then once I was in residency, my favorite part of the surgery was, you know, if we were doing an ear operation, was closing the skin behind the ear, um, was just kind of the form and function where when we're removing head and neck cancer, kind of restoring that for the patient. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously I did a, a lot of aesthetics too. I had really great, um, mentors in facial plastic surgery during residency mm-hmm. who um, I was able to learn a ton from. And that's really what, what got me interested in facial plastics. Yeah, that's so cool how, you know, at, starting at 22, you, you before you started at such a young age, you knew exactly what you wanted to do. And 
I think nowadays with the mean, I think starting a med school age being like 24, 25, it's a lot of people who might not have known that medicine exactly is the right fit for them since day one, like it was for you or even you and me for that instance. So I think it, it, it works well if you know what you want to do, but I think self-discovery, taking years, getting those experiences is always going to, you know, benefit you and others in the long run. But I think it's important to know in all of this, you bring up the fact that you're done with residency a lot earlier than a lot of other people. And as a woman, um, it's sometimes when I think about going into medicine and potentially specializing, uh, it, it makes me worried being like, I want to have a family, you know, obviously there's a biological clock to all of that. And I'm really not sure how that's going to end up working. Like when you get married, when you're going to have kids, yada, yada, yada. So I want to know how it's like, you know, having had gotten married to someone of a very, like you said, intense specialty and living apart and now having a newborn daughter. Congratulations. Tell me all about that. So I think that, um, and like you said, self-discovery is so important. And I think when you get to that point of, of starting medical school and then going to residency, you know that this is exactly what you want to do. There's not a lot of second guessing. Whereas I feel like if you're younger and you didn't take that time, it may, it may be harder to go after it because you're like, is this what I want? Is this not? So you bring up a really, really good point. And for me, it just happened to work out that I was like, oh yeah, I really enjoy what I do. Um, so that was a big thing for me. And then in terms of, of, um, kind of working things out with um, personal life and family, definitely having kids was always something that I wanted and finishing residency early really opened up the door for me to pursue a, a fellowship. I think maybe if I was a little bit older, I may have not pursued the fellowship, which makes me so sad because I love what I do so much but I also know I really want to have kids. And I think it's so heartbreaking that women so often have to choose between pursuing what they love professionally versus having children. And uh, there are women who have um, children in medical school and residency, and they, to me, are the ultimate badass. <laughs> Women of people of the world because mm -hmm. I I know I could never do that you know I can barely take care of myself my husband and I ate pasta like every single night because we didn't <laughs> know how to cook anything else um, but uh, the, I mean there was a resident at the program that I work now who came in pregnant and she's just killing it you know her husband's also a physician and uh, two of our chief residents are having babies right now and I just and there are both doing fellowship and I just commend them so much. And yeah. um, for me, I knew I'd have to wait because uh, my fellowship was also very demanding and yeah. been impossible to depart from my husband, do fellowship and have a baby. But um, it really worked out for us. And as you brought up a lot of people, even when you're done with training, the thing for me was 
then, okay, I want to establish myself. I don't want to have a baby right away. I need to establish myself. But I had to force myself to be like, no, I can't, I don't want to keep putting it off. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's so common and it's not talked about enough for sure. So uh, I know, and I I, I love having these conversations. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for like being so open to talk about these types of things. I was actually a baby that was born to a resident. uh, So it's, a really um, special type of topic for me to talk about because I am such a strong believer that uh, female physicians and females in any working field are so, so strong for that exact reason. And, you know, you have such a physically demanding job. And while you're out here, you know, making other people's lives better, you yourself are creating a life, right? And that is Mm -hmm. something so powerful and amazing and like beautiful to me. And I just wanted to know, how was your timeline like when it came to getting married? Like, when do you recommend people get married? Because obviously I feel like it'd be really hard to start a relationship like right after medical school, right after undergrad, right after medical school or right after um, residency. So when did you feel like was that appropriate time for you? (laughs) That's a really good question. My, so my husband and I, uh, went to the same undergrad medical school and we started dating in 2010 and we didn't get married until 2018. So we'd been together for a really long time and we got married a few months after I finished fellowship. And honestly, I mean, I hate to say this, but a big reason why we didn't get married sooner was financial. You know, we were, um, obviously our parents have given us so much in the way of, of education and, and helping us throughout our lives, but we really wanted to be financially responsible for the cost of the wedding. And, um, we just weren't at that point. And I think also we weren't ready to have kids before then anyway. So I, it was kind of like, we don't really need to get married right away if yeah. all we're going to be doing is working and yeah you know, not not enjoying married married yeah. time but oh. um no, I completely understand. And that's awesome that you wanted to, you know, take responsibility and, you know, make the wedding your own. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, taking the support of your parents, but it's also a different thing to be able to do it on your own. And I don't know, all my life, I've, all, I'm not in a relationship right now or anything like that, but I've always been like, oh my God, like, how hard would it be to be even in a relationship or married to someone in the kind of same line of work as you? Is it gonna, is it like, you can never stop talking about work? Um, Does it get Mm -hmm. competitive between you two, especially because you went to the same undergrad institution. So I'm interested to hear how it's like, you know, in the relationship itself, considering you do the same, um, you both are surgeons. Yeah, that's such a funny question because I don't think, I feel like it didn't get competitive until very recently, you know, since he's been finished and his residency was seven years. I was a year ahead of him in school. So um, I've been since 2018 and he'll be done at the end of 2021. But um, I always thought I would never marry or be in a relationship with someone in medicine because I didn't want to be my whole life. Um, and obviously that's not how it worked out, but I think having someone in a field that's 
more demanding, but he can understand when, you know, a patient is texting me and maybe they had a complication or maybe I'm concerned about something that all my attention is focused there. And he's just so not bothered by it. You know, he's like, okay. Yeah. And, or vice versa, when he's um, taking call from home over the weekend, he's just on his phone or on the computer nonstop. And I don't really expect anything from him. So I think keeping the bar really low in terms of while you're working, um, is important, but also to kind of carve out time for yourself. So we, as much as I could, when I was done with training, I planned my schedule around when he was on call. If he's on call, then I'm on call. I'm putting myself on call because then we're both working so that we're both off at the same time and we can really enjoy our time together then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of talking about work at home, we, we do, but not in a way that bothers us in any way and a lot of time my husband will be like okay enough about work but Mm -hmm. that's what's going on in your life so it's it's kind of nice if you had a really hard day at work you can say I had a really hard day because of this this and this and the person really gets it um and and I think that has worked out nicely for us because especially for my husband I think the more he talks about something the better he feels yeah so um it's it's good it's worked worked out so far no and I'm glad you say that and it's kind of making me think like hey maybe this being with someone in the same field (laughs) is actually not so bad after all and you're so right about that whole understanding component especially when something like medicine not saying that other careers don't require you to fully immerse your time into it but it's really special in the sense that you have that type of connection with people it's a very more intimate field with the clients that you're serving. So it's really important that um, your partner does have an understanding of what goes into that. And even on the pre-med level that I'm in, like I'm I'm leaps and bounds far away from you, but if you're even talking to a friend who's not pre-med and you're trying to explain to them why your semester is so hard or why the next year, Mm -hmm. the next phase of pre-med is going to be so hard. Like you're like, oh yeah, there's this exam, you know, called the MCAT. It's like seven hours or you're like oh yeah like you know I have to take you know this class after this class after this class and this is why it's important to do it in this order it's a lot to explain and I can only imagine it would be way harder to explain especially when um you actually get to that point in your career where you're dealing with such complex cases such complex patients so that 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 would be super great to have someone who understands not only that that work schedule but the the schedule behind it and you know you said you made the point that you put yourself on call and at the same time your husband's on call so you guys can really enjoy your time off together so tell me a little bit about especially considering that now he's in New York you're in Chicago uh, how are you guys able to take a step back from work and truly enjoy each other's company and you know now that you have a daughter how does she play into that picture yeah so um it's been very interesting and obviously with the pandemic it's obviously made it a little bit more complicated but I my husband's in New York City and I grew up in New York so my family is still here so I actually moved to New York um, to have the baby and do maternity leave um, which was 
really the most amazing thing to have family so close to go through that with because otherwise I would just been in Chicago by myself actually my little sister lives there she's a anesthesia resident in Chicago but so I would have had her but she was working all the time um so it really worked out for me to be here for those months and then I actually just went back to work and what I'm doing is just working part-time at my university position um to take care of my patients and maintain my practice, but also be able to come back and spend time with my husband and my daughter. Because if I went to Chicago and just stayed in Chicago, my husband wouldn't be able to see my daughter ever, our daughter, sorry. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, it's, it's my wedding, my daughter, um, my hour. Um, uh, and I think that would just be heartbreaking. Uh, so we're working it out where I kind of come back and forth. And of course my parents are a huge help in terms of, uh, mm. helping take care of our daughter and stuff. So, um, it's been a little odd mm. this year and for the rest of the year, but, uh, we're, we're trying to make it work. And so far yeah. it's been, been okay. No, for every, I love that you bring up the fit component of family support and you know family is a huge part of my life too and that's so amazing and you're so lucky to be able to have that kind of support and almost any female physician I talk to you know that I'm like how do you manage having kids and you know doing all this it always comes down to family having support and they always are like yeah it was so tremendous to be close to family so I am glad that it really worked out like that in your situation and it it takes a lot of sacrifice like you said I mean it's a partnership you know obviously you have to give a little bit more than your husband at this time due to his the path he he's going through so it's a lot of understanding sacrifice perseverance which at the end of the day it's so worth it that you know you have your daughter you have your husband and you know your daughter can grow up with both parents around so that's amazing and you know, how has it felt to take a step back from the life that you've experienced that's been a little bit more high intensity versus now where, of course, you're doing pretty high, high scale work, but it's not at the level it was before. In terms of being in practice versus residency or kind of working more part-time? Um, yeah, part-time. As opposed to working more full-time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually been crazy because my friends, um, they're like, well, once Mina finishes, you won't need to hustle so hard. You know, my, my husband's name is Mina. And, um, it's just like, well, I love this. You know, I love hustling and I love, uh, you were talking earlier about how your mom is, goes from place to place to place. That's exactly how I was. I worked at a bunch of different places and I was just going all over the city of Chicago and it's been, and I loved that, but it's kind of been nice to have this mom role where I also have freedom to do other things and not that having a three month old is easy by any means, but I've been able to work out and things that I kind of let all by the wayside in terms of, you know, meditating every day, which I really enjoy doing, mm -hmm. um, been able to do, which I wasn't doing before. And, um, obviously I, I miss the hustle a little bit, but it's, it's just nice to kind of take a break and spend time with my daughter. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I definitely don't think I'll be able to do it forever, but for a few months, I think it's, 
working out really well. I'm so happy you actually touched on the component of, you know, you had it, you had a daughter. And a lot of time, I feel like when you talk to anyone about having kids, it's all about the kid, the kid, the kid, you know, how does your partner play into the role of that? How does your family feel? But a lot of the time, we forget to talk about the mother, right? And the fact that the mother just wants mother and her body just went through this enormous nine-month journey and continue to go on this journey with a newborn so I'm really glad that you brought that point up and you're kind of emphasizing that point of hey like after all this I need to take care of myself too and I think that's the best way for you to you know keep a healthy body healthy mind take care of yourself so you could really be there for your daughter and husband for sure I think there's a uh culture more so of uh the previous generation, you know, my mom generation of mm-hmm. so much self-sacrifice yeah. for your kids at the expense of yourself. And I have really found that our generation and uh, moms now really value um, self-care yeah. because they recognize that if you take care of yourself, it's just good. You're just going to become a better parent. Mm-hmm. Um, even if that means, oh, I'm going to take 20 minutes and <laughs> when my, I mean, my daughter is not, she's interactive more so every day, but when she's awake, I was like, I need to be fully engaged with her. And now I just let her play on her mat and I, you know, do a workout and she's fine playing on her mat without me constantly trying to stimulate her. So, um, I think that's obviously the guilt thing comes in, but you just kind of have to force yourself. And then at the end of the day, it's like doing that thing, one thing for myself really, I think makes me a better mom. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, those 20 minutes that you take to yourself, you're getting a lot more than, I hate to say it, but the 20 minutes with your daughter, right? Like, as as your daughter grows up, she's not going to remember the 20 minutes her mom spent trying so hard to make her giggle, but she's going to remember having a mom that was really happy and, you know, not showing so much stress and not having parents who were, you know, not there because they had work and they were was like raised by a babysitter her whole life. So, I mean, that whole thing where, you know, taking care of yourself, like you said, directly reflects into being a better mother is a point that I feel like a lot of the time we neglect to realize and we don't emphasize enough. And especially with things like you know, it, it's it's super important, especially in your particular uh, career field. So I'm happy that you're able to find a balance in that. So to wrap up our discussion today, uh, is there, if there's any tip you could give to all of the females going into to medicine in regards of work-life balance, you know, and hopefully having a family one day, what would that be? Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> I think that knowing your priorities and naming your priorities is so important. And you're going to have to put things off that are important to you um, in terms of maybe a friend's um, wedding or a baby shower or something that you really want to go to, but just because of work, you can't. Um, But things that are very important trying to take control as much as you can and saying, listen, this is something that I need to do. This is important to me. This is how I'm going to accomplish all the things I need to get done in order to do this thing. So if that's talking on the phone to your mom for five minutes a day, or 
going to a, a when everything opens back up, like a spin class or something like that, if your physical um, health is really important, how are you going to make work work for you? Yeah, um, and obviously knowing how to compromise, you're not going to be able to work out every day. And if you can call me because I, 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 I don't know how anyone can do that in residency, but yeah. just saying, okay, I want to, I want to move my body three days a week, whether that's going out for a walk or, um, taking the stairs while you're at work or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think, I think knowing your priorities and keeping them consistent so you don't lose them yeah and I think you're also Um, saying not to lose yourself too much in the process too right like whether it be maintaining social connections you know with the people you've loved your entire life who supported you or you know your your own physical um, body and health but please continue I'm sorry no 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 and that's the thing I think you're the people you love and the people who love you they understand you know, they may, they may not understand everything that you're going through, but they know that you're not choosing work over them. It's, I have to do this. And there will be a time, the other thing, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And there will be a time where you're going to be like, yep, I'm going to go, you know, get on a a three hour flight to go to this two hour event because (laughs) I want to be there and I haven't been able to do that. And that's definitely something I did after fellowship. It was like, Oh, baby shower. I'm there. Bachelor party. I'm there. I'm, I really just was waiting for that moment in my life and it does come. So. um, That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I, I love the way you were like, make work work for you. And not the other way around. And I think that's really good way of reframing your mindset and trying to make a process that's extraordinarily difficult, maybe a little ounce less difficult on you. Um, But thank you so much, Dr. Carolis, for coming on my podcast today. It was super insightful, fun, awesome talking to you. Congratulations again on becoming a mother and establishing such an awesome life for everyone. Um, Dr. Carolis is on Instagram. Her username is Julia Carolis, which is just K-E-R-O-L-U-S-M-D. Make sure you check out her content. Very, very cute pictures of her um, pre and now. Hopefully we can see some more post pictures of motherhood and her husband. And it's just really awesome to see a female surgeon living her best life. So make sure you guys go check her out. But thank you so much, Dr. Carolis, again for hopping on today. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. So to our listeners, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. You know, um, I will see you again next Friday. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Thank you and bye-bye.